You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Big news that's now a week old, but the Golden Globe nominations are out. I know a lot of people don't care, but I have things to say about it. And Taylor, I make notes based on a lot of it's based on nominations. And we have five things for what I'm calling Taylor's hot takes. Perfect. So we're going to get your opinion on them. You know what I love about having a podcast? We force people to listen to what we're interested in. And they yes. can just turn it off if they don't want to hear yeah. it. But it's our podcast, so they can deal with it. Or listen and <laughs> write in and complain about it. Exactly. Um, yes, I, I like. I still like the idea of awards with the arts. I, I understand how hard it is. Like choosing best art is a weird thing. And I get it. Like, I, I do think it's subjective. And I agree it's subjective, but I kind of like the debate. And and you cannot deny that it, that it brings people who normally wouldn't have seen a movie to see that those movies. It, it happens every year. It happens all the time. And most of the people that complain about awards shows, uh, no offense, but they're like artists. And they're kind of thumbing their nose to it a little bit. And it's like, yeah, but you're going already. Like, no one has to convince you to go see these films. But the the quote-unquote common person, the person who's just there, who exists, just watches movies here and there, maybe sees like a handful of movies each year, they, they end up going to see some gems because of these kinds of awards ceremonies, as goofy as they are. So I still think it does a lot of good, and I think it's a lot of fun. So. You know what, Mike? Every industry has goofy awards. So let the <laughs> let the entertainment industry like. There, I think yeah. there's even like realtor awards. You know, well, for <laughs> wait, what for people who I'm sell sure. homes? I'm sure that's a real thing. I'm sure. I mean, I you can't quote me on it, but literally every best dentist. I'm sure there's dentist awards. So you know, let the let the Hollywood people have their silly little trophies. Yes, Sports. exactly. They, there's like sports awards. Well, I guess you feel so strongly <laughs> about that, and well, <laughs> I guess it's less subjective because a little bit, a little. It's less. like based on points, but if yeah. you think about best realtor, okay, that would be That's best, based on how many houses you sell. So I True, guess, I suppose. I guess I'm coming around to your point about how art is subjective. Yeah, well, that's the, <laughs> like that's kind of the point. Because and sometimes when like to to kind of go along with this, sometimes in sports, the person who you think's going to win still doesn't win, even though their points are more, just because something there's another factor put into it. Like you got to put everything into context. Um, some players will get big awards because they they were literally the only good player on the team. And they drag the team into the playoffs or on a good run or winning the championship or what have you. And they might not be the best player that year in the league, but they get a lot of votes and end up winning awards because they took a team on their back. So sometimes you do get more subjective things. But yeah, with arts, it is hard to tell and sit here and be like, okay, what's the best movie of the year? You ask 10 people and you'll get 10 different answers. Whereas in sports probably in still in realtor, like in certainly in marketing, like you probably get more commonalities 
where where people will say, well, it's so obvious it's this person. Look at their stats. Whereas I don't know if you can definitely do that with with the arts. But I still think it's fun. And I like oh, that yeah. it's, I mean, for the Golden Globes, we're going to talk about this in a second. It was the Hollywood foreign press, but it, it's it's different this year, which is interesting. Oh. We're going to talk, I'm going to talk about all the changes, Taylor, because there's been scandal. Lots Part of, scandal of my hot takes, I assume. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so to me, it's just like, and, and the Academy, it's, it's you know, a lot of your members of the Academy. And then even the, the SAG Awards, your peers voting like those kinds of things, it's a sample size. And I think that it, there's nothing wrong with kind of having that as, as an option and, and makes for a fun debate. And if you get more people talking about it and more things written about your movie, again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad thing. We're going to talk about movies today that neither of us probably have heard of until, till today. And I think that's cool. good. So we're going to, we're going to do that. We've got some movies to review. Um, it's going to take us a lot. We honestly, I don't even know how much we're going to do movie reviewing today. A little bit. We'll talk about them, but there's so much I want to get into here. Um, so we're going to dive into it right away and see how far we get. So the Golden Globes nominations came out. I want to talk about the changes first. Some people may not be aware of this. I, I know I wasn't, but, but I think Taylor, you and I have talked about all the, the scandal and intrigue with the past couple of years, like the people being basically given money to go to Paris to vote for that Emily in Paris TV show. You remember that? Oh, right. That was the biggest upset. How did, how did that movie, how did that TV show win all those awards? I didn't realize that. I know it was controversial that it, it won the awards. I didn't realize that it was part of a scheme. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there's a lot of hearsay, but apparently many of the people voting were were taken to Paris. Got a free trip to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you could kind of put two and two together oh, a little great. bit. Um, so the biggest change here is the Hollywood Foreign Press is no longer. This is an organization that no longer exists. Um, this is not a thing anymore. The, the entire Golden Globes have been sold to Dick Clark Productions. Um, so Dick, Dick, Clark, Dick Clark Productions have been putting this on for a long time. They've been the production team behind it, but now they actually officially own the award ceremony. So the biggest change is instead of 75 people choosing the awards, which is what it was, Taylor, there were 75 people who were choosing, choosing the awards. Yes. That's a like that's voting. what I heard for this. Yeah, voting. Now it's now it's to over 300, and it's still made up of journalists and members of like press from all around the world. So that's still kind of there, like the foreign press angle is still there, but now it's over 300 who are now voting. It's all still journalists, but there is no Hollywood foreign press. It's now owned and operated by Dick Clark Productions, and they've got over 300 uh, members of media and press from around the world who will vote to choose the awards. So that's the first okay. big change. Got it. I, I would argue 30, 300 is better than 75. So again, it's, yes, it's only a sample size, but you got to start with a sample size somewhere. So I would argue, okay, well, that's a little bit more, you're probably going to get like more of a good overview if you're including 300 members from around the world. I don't know. I don't believe in democracy. So who cares? 60 or 300? That's my hot hey. take. Whatever. <laughs> <Doesn't>... <laughs> it was not, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to hear that today. Um, doesn't believe in democracy. Okay. 
<laughs> Check that box. Uh, December 19th, 2023, everybody. Remember that. <laughs> Screening in Kingston moment. We may be coming back to this. Um, so that's that's the first kind of big thing that's different about this. So we'll kind of see where that goes. To overview the awards here, um, in terms of the movies that had the most awards, Barbie has nine nominations. Not surprising. Uh, though, little asterisks here. Three of those are in the same category for best original song. Oh. But so technically, okay. so I'm like, okay, so is it, then, then it's kind of six or seven. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, Oppenheimer has eight nominations. Yeah, uh, Killers sense. of the Flower Moon has seven. Poor Things have seven. And Past Lives has five. So those are kind of the top movies so far. I have None not seen that... Poor Things or Past Lives. None of that's surprising except Past Lives. I don't think I've heard of it. That yeah, I mean, I I had heard of it before this. This isn't one of the ones I didn't know about, and it's been gaining a lot of buzz recently. Um, it's it's definitely one of these films that I think is is gonna get like five or six nominations. It's gonna be around for a bit. Um, again, I, I don't know much about it either, um, but I believe I I think it's Korean. But I mean, it's got English and Korean like in it. Like, but I think it's like a Korean film. Um, pulling but it it's, up, it's uh, yeah. it's considered an American romantic film. Okay, American, but it looks it. The languages are English and Korean. Yeah, I thought I thought it had something to do with like the, the, maybe it's set in South Korea. Maybe maybe it that's is, what yeah. it is. Maybe that's it's what I'm set. thinking of. That's more the setting. So yeah, it, it, I hear it's getting a lot of of like really good press and there's a lot of buzz around it and i know that the director um i think her name is cillian song i don't have in front of me but but i know she's nominated is getting a lot of buzz for for like best director nominations and is nominated for golden globe so i i know the movie's starting to get some buzz i think it was playing at the screening room a couple weeks ago yeah it's doing it's doing the rounds now like i think it's in my area this week or next week so it's it's looking good. We're there. not even into Taylor's hot takes yet, but I'm giving them to you for free. Yeah, no, you're you're allowed to comment on anything. I just have five <laughs> things that I really want got to hear from you. Got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, we're not even there yet. We're about to get into one though in a got few it. seconds. I'm going to give you the movies that have. There's four movies that have some buzz around them for the Oscars and some general buzz in general that are not nominated at all. Have zero nominations. Okay. Um, and one of these, Taylor, is a hot take. Will be hot take number one. But I'll go through the other three first. So, uh, Ferrari, which is a Michael Mann film that stars Adam Driver, has no nominations, and that's a big surprise to a lot of people. Apparently, that's a big surprise because getting... I think it's getting good reviews. Yes, it's getting good reviews, and there's actually quite a bit of buzz uh, about Adam Driver's performance, about directing, etc. So there's just yeah, there's there was a big surprise there. Um, okay. Next one, there's the there's a movie Iron Claw that uh, Zach Efron's in. That's about uh, wrestlers um, that has also been getting a lot of buzz. However, Scandal, the screeners apparently came out really late, so they're saying a lot Ooh. of Golden Globe members didn't get a chance to actually view the film before voting. So okay, 
some scandal there. Might you might hear more about Iron it's Claw. It's a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, apparently it's getting a lot of really good views. As a lot of like Oscar buzz, and especially like the industry awards as well, like SAG and, and those types of things. Like yeah. a lot of people in the industry are talking about the movie. Um, and then also a movie called Origin that you should keep your eyes open for, just because it has not even done screeners yet, and it will come out before the end of the year, and it is getting Oscars buzz. But you might not hear about it uh, through the Golden Globes because they just haven't released it yet so that explains that but the the other movie the fifth movie that had nothing napoleon is hot is hot take number one yes taylor absolutely nothing for napoleon not that? one nomination for napoleon but, okay i'm almost speechless do the golden globes do production awards so they 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 don't um they don't do a lot of production awards like they they do um because they do also a lot for television, the uh, the non kind of actor director things they do do are things like original score, um, right. and they do do original song, but they don't do cinematography or costume. And they they don't do costumes. They don't do production design. So no, it, it, where Napoleon could in theory shine, it, it doesn't have any of those. So it's really like it didn't get a best director, didn't get a best actor didn't get kind of any of the score or any of the acting nominations. I think it is surprising because there's so much buzz around it that you think they would throw in. It's, I want to say it's Ridley Scott, right? Who directed yeah, it? Yeah, Ridley Scott. Yeah. yeah. He's like a big name. So I'm surprised he's not getting even just in terms of the industry, like a nod. Surprised that Joaquin Phoenix. I'm hearing really great things about the woman who plays Josephine. I'm not sure yes, um, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing really great things about her. So yeah, it is shocking. I guess a movie like that to me is really going to shine in the production awards, like right set, costuming, even score because it's a historical epic. I mean, it's hard because I haven't seen the movie. But are you having seen the movie? Are you surprised? Or are you like, yeah, that makes sense. Joaquin Phoenix was doing Joaquin Phoenix like he always does. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm I'm only surprised for the reasons you brought up. That because of the industry, you'd think there would be nominations. And it's the Golden Globes. If if it wasn't an Oscar nomination, I'd be like, well, let's see who else was nominated, you know, and and maybe there's a debate to be had there. But for for the Golden Globes, I am a little surprised. Do they cap? I, Do they say like we've have we because the Oscars caps the amount of nominations. They the do. Golden... They do. Yeah. It's it's mainly six, six to f- five or six per category. And then some of the like bigger movie ones, like Best Picture and a new category we're going to talk about, can go up to as high as I think eight. Um, so yet, there, yes, there are caps. Yeah. I'm sure this is going to be part of your hot takes. I saw that Wonka is like nominated for everything. Yeah, so we don't talk about Wonka yet. Don't talk about that's part of the hot takes. Well, that's just hot like, takes. There's room for Wonka, but there's not yeah. room for Napoleon. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like when you get into my opinion of the film, that's like obviously that's a little different. I'm waiting to like fully weigh in until you've seen it because I want to yeah. talk to you about it. But in terms of like that angle of being surprised, I'm actually not. Um, and even in the production side, I have some thoughts on the production side that again, is part of what I want to talk to you about really when reviewing this movie. Um, Really the lesson here is Taylor, you got to see Napoleon so we can talk about it because that's where I want to talk about things. But yeah, I'm expecting, I'm expecting more buzz around those categories for Napoleon 
later on when we get to those kinds of awards. But I was surprised not to see Joaquin Phoenix's name at least. Like at least in terms of that being like, he's, you know, he's a big star. Now, Joaquin Phoenix, we're going to hear from later, actually. We've got some some other movie nominations for him in here. But but it was interesting to kind of see that. Um, And the movie is starting to lose some buzz. Okay. From what I've heard, so really interesting so there you go that's hot take number one um okay so now i want to get to the nominations and we'll go through and then your hot takes are kind of written into these here um we'll go through just the movie ones and really we're just going to stick to the actor ones and then just talk about the kind of best picture stuff um because there's something in there i really want to talk about so um we'll we'll stick to the the best actress categories first so we'll do supporting first Golden Globes, if you remember, Taylor separates for the lead role, separates comedy and musical as one category and drama as the other. Right. But then they just do supporting. So they give you six weird, just supporting Weird role, but okay. Yep. I don't. <laughs> this is some of the weird stuff. So this is the, the list of best supporting actress in a motion picture, any motion picture. So you got Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple. Put a pin in that one. Talk about that in a second. Yep. I have um, something to weigh in on that one, too. Great. Did, texted me about this. Did you know we were getting a color purple movie? Because I didn't. Did you know we're getting a color purple musical? And then it's a musical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't know that either. It's also a musical. I had Nicole no idea. Me like, did you know that the color purple is a musical? I said this is no. the third movie in like two months. Did you know going- it's also a musical? What is going on with the marketing? Also... We have a good Color Purple movie, but I guess because Color Purple then, of course, was a musical, stage play musical, now they're doing that version just like... Uh, just you wouldn't like know it from the commercial. Girls. No, <laughs> that's the thing. And I didn't even know this movie was happening. Anyway. Well, to be fair, the strike, they weren't able to advertise it. No, that's so. true. That's very true. You can put out a couple more trailers and put them in places, but whatever. Um, so anyway, Danielle Brooks, uh, Color Purple. Emily Blunt from for Oppenheimer. Jodie Foster for a movie called Nyad. I don't really know much about that. No. Julianne Moore for May, December. Rosamund Pike for, for supporting. Saltburn. Yes, Julianne Moore for supporting. Do you have a hot take on okay. that? Okay. Well, um, I would say that the movie, they're co-stars, not supporting versus lead, in my opinion. That's interesting. Okay. But, you know, they typically, we talk about this a lot, like every year, how, um, you know, because it's the, it's the studios that put these forward, right? So they, did they, did they nominate Natalie Portman for Best Actress? They didn't want Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman to go head to head. Yeah, that's probably, I mean, yeah. you definitely, she's, I believe, <laughs> let me just double take. Yes, Natalie Portman is nominated. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what happened. You're right. That's probably what it is. To be fair, Natalie Portman gets more screen time, but I don't think screen time equates to supporting versus lead. Like, look at um, Anthony, didn't Anthony Hopkins win Best Actor for Silence of the Lambs? And he was on screen for like, what, 15 minutes? I thought it was supporting, but maybe... Oh, maybe I got it wrong. But anyways, personally, I felt that they were co-stars. But anyways, Hmm. continue. (laughs) There you go. Um, Yes, and then uh, Rosamund Pike uh, for Saltburn and uh, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, which I believe is a movie we're going to hear from 
very soon. Yeah, for our Christmas episode. Uh, so there you go. Those are the six nominations. Again, I Nyad is the only film I haven't even heard of. Yeah, agree. Um, I don't know much about that. I heard Saltburn is getting. It's a. I heard it's a little divisive, but it's definitely getting some buzz. Nicole um, says I'm gonna love it. So really, take that for what it for what interesting. it's Interesting. That's interesting. So it's it's kind of got Taylor movie vibes to it. That's yeah. Interesting. Um, the, also put a pin in May, December, because I want to talk about that in a few seconds, uh, at, at when we move on to the next category, but I would say like, again, this just gives us the reason why we're doing this kind of early is it just gives us an idea of the movies to be trying to watch here. Yeah. Uh, like, that's Christmas what we're talking like, Over Christmas, year. like, if you haven't seen these, try to get like, find Nyad, the color purple. Obviously I have to see May, December, Saltburn, the holdovers. Like these are all the type of movies that I'm sure we're going to be wanting to review as we lead up to the other award ceremonies um so i want to talk about best support best performance by an actress in a motion picture musical and comedy that's the next one so taylor a hot take exists in here okay so this is the one for musical and comedy wait Um, now i'm confused because you said best supporting actress for that woman for the color purple but it's not in a musical category so is it yes because sorry it's because the supporting is one category Oh yeah. Okay. And now sorry, we're lo- we're lo- we're moving on to the leads, and now got we're it, got it. Okay. See, so, these rules and, are confusing. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to go through those uh, very quickly, and then we're going to get uh, Taylor hot take on the got last it. one. Um, so, uh, uh, so first from also from the color purple, Fantasia Barino for the color purple, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, No Hard Feelings, uh, Alma. Pos- yeah, but we'll talk about that. Alma Pusetti for Fallen Leaves. That's, I believe, a Finnish uh, movie. I think like it was a, at the screening uh, a couple weeks ago. Or is yeah, also getting a lot of butt, which is interesting. Like, it's interesting to see that in here, which is great. Margot Robbie for Barbie and Emma Stone for Poor Things. There's one more. Okay. And this is where we get Taylor Hot Take number two. Natalie Portman, May, December. So the hot to... take is, is May, December a comedy? Oh, right, because it's in a comedic... Yes, so that's the comedic category. This was part of my confusion! Yeah, when so I... is this a comedy? <laughs> so I was right, my my inclination for this to be a comedy was correct. But remember in my review, I was like, I don't totally... I don't... Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up again. Like, does this... Well, <laughs> what, confirms... does this... This confirms something, I guess. Yeah, oh, my, inc- my, my inkling that it was a comedy, but... I don't think most people will read it. Not that I, that makes it sound like, oh, I'm superior and I know when a comedy is a comedy. But I don't, because I was confused, I don't think most people are reading this as a comedy. But I, like, it was only because I was like, oh, maybe satire? I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, clearly the filmmakers think it's a, a comedy. Well, yeah, and that's, I've, I've definitely heard mixed things. And again, I haven't seen it yet, but y- you seem to not it's mostly, be certain as to which way it was going. It's mostly described as like a melodrama. I don't think I've seen it described as a comedy. It was just me watching it being like, is this, like, this is kind of funny. Is it supposed to be funny? So there you go. There's your answer. There's... There's your answer. It's funny. Um, um, well, that just that adds a caveat to my review again, being like, this isn't a traditional comedy. F- FYI. 
Yeah, don't, I mean, it's... It's not yeah, a barrel of laughs. Yeah, like, it, that's the thing. Like, again, like, okay, we didn't know we were getting the color purple, but it's so clearly a musical. Barbie, I can understand that. Um, no hard feelings, obviously. It's kind of interesting to see Jennifer Lawrence in there. But she the Golden good. Globes... I mean, the Golden Globes does like to nominate its stars. Like, it wants yeah. stars there. So even though a bunch has changed, that's stayed the same, I guess. Um, and then Poor Things, I hear, is kind of like a, a comedy, but has kind of quirk to it. It's an um, absurdist again, comedy. It's yeah. my biggest um, to watch, if that makes sense. Like, it's on yes. the top of my list. I can't yeah. wait. That's a big yeah. one for me. I'm with you on that one. Um, okay, and then lastly, um, for the actress side, best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. So the dramas, Lily Gladstone for Killer of the Flower Moon. There's no yep. surprise there. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for a movie called Maestro, which I coming guess is Netflix. Bradley. Okay, it's coming to Netflix, is it? That's yeah. a Bradley Cooper uh, movie. He like um, trained six years to be able to do a six minute song in the... He sounds so obnoxious. I, I we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I have no strong feelings for or against Bradley Cooper. But you know how sometimes on YouTube they do those things where it's like Vanity Fair, actor on actor, director on director, yeah. and they like interview each other. He was teamed up with Spike Lee, which is not that's they're not in the same category. He's he, he thinks so. <laughs> No, he's not. He's not. Not not just in volume, but quality of films. Like Spike he, Lee he should be teamed so, up though, with like Mike. an actual Keith. Well, I don't care what he thinks. How How way, he, he thinks. I would be so ticked if I was Spike Lee. Yes. Because that's not he's Bradley Cooper's not even on his level. It's not even close. Now I'm a Spike like, Lee fan, like I get it. Not everyone likes his movies as much as I do, but like, come on. You have to admit, just even if you were just going off of volume. That's it's not even close. Like Bradley Cooper's in what two movies? Maybe three. Did he direct that movie he played that chef in? I, I wondered oh, that. I, I don't know. Remember. I wouldn't be surprised though. <laughs> I know he's been doing a lot more directing, and again, I don't have a problem with the guy, um, but I just don't think that's. I, I don't like people who take themselves really seriously, and I get the vibe <laughs> that like he takes himself really yeah. seriously. Yes, definitely. He's an artist. Uh, but anyway, I, I will I will watch the movie, especially as it's coming to Netflix. Like that's n- yeah. Nice, easy it's to um it's about a famous conductor like or- Leonard Bernstein, Orchestra. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his relationship with his wife, who's played yeah. by Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan, who yeah. is nominated. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Sandra Huller for uh, a, a, a uh, autonomy of a fall. Annette Benning for Nyad. There's Nyad again. Uh, Greta Lee for Past Lives. First past lives nomination here. Um, and I, I can never say her name. Uh, Callie Spaney for Priscilla. So this is the movie we talked about, I think, last week, the week before, right? That's kind of about <laughs> Priscilla Presley. Yeah, and the actor, the guy playing Elvis is making the headlines for all the Because he did nothing. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't, like, prepare or whatever. Well, anyway, she's nominated. He's not. <laughs> I think this is like a breakout role for her, right? Like this is yes, this that's her what first I mean right big. Now. Yeah. Good for her. First big gig and she's getting nominated. So that's good. And I, uh, the, what the little buzz I've heard is that she is very good in the movie uh, and that oh. it focuses more on her anyway. So I don't know how much the screen time you really get for the guy playing Elvis. Like, I feel like it's going to be more about her. We already got our Elvis movie. So this is, uh, we're good. And it was quite, it was a good movie. So, <laughs> 
all right, let's move on to the actor, three actor categories, and then we'll get to the category I really want to talk about. So yeah. best actor, this is again, motion pictures, best supporting actor, motion picture, comedy, drama, all mixed in one. So this is just best supporting actor. Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, Robert mm. De Niro for Killer of the Flower Moon, which yes. makes sense. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, yes. Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Charles Melton for May, December, yep. and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. So no Charles surprise. Melton, you're not surprised by that. I, th- I thought you weren't a big fan of his performance. Well, it was because I didn't understand <laughs> what was happening in that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised because the buzz I'm hearing, everyone's like, he was amazing. Like he was the breakout star of that movie. And right. I re- and my comment was like, okay, like sure, but I'm not surprised because other people. That's what other people are saying. They're like, yeah, he's yeah. amazing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly big names in this category. Um, again, I hear nothing but great things about poor things. Um, Robert De Niro was great in Killer of the Flower Moon. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I thought he was pretty good in Oppenheimer as well. Uh, Ryan Gosling for Barbie. I think it was probably the best Ryan Gosling performance I've seen. So. I'm okay also, love her, love him or hate him. If he wasn't nominated, people would have gone crazy. Yes. Gone crazy. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone well, loved that movie. So everyone loved that movie. Everyone loved him. So he's there. Yeah, he'll be at the awards. Um, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario. It's apparently being touted as the funniest movie of the year. Okay, Timothy Chalamet, the aforementioned for Wonka. Good for him. Put a pin in that. Matt Damon for Air. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Joaquin Phoenix for Bo is Afraid. And Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. So apparently Jeffrey Wright's performance in American Fiction is quite good. And there's a lot of buzz for him and Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers for Oscars. Like both of them are getting a lot of Oscar buzz from this list. This has been a long year because I... Thought Bo is Afraid came out in 2022. <laughs> it did and, not. <laughs> and another one on that list. Oh, I can't. I've already forgotten what you said. But like both those movies, I was like, that came out this year. I thought uh, it was coming Mer- out at the beginning. Air. Yeah, yeah. Air. Yeah. Yep. No, that was this year. That was this Whew, year. It's been a long um, year. And then there you go. Timothy Chalamet. He's right there for Wonka. <laughs> there he is. Good for him. Um, okay, and then best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. You've got the mentioned Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Andrew Scott for All of Us Strangers, and Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. So again, Saltburn. Um, I have not heard much about All of Us Strangers or Rustin. I don't know if Those I've heard movies. of them. I think I saw a trailer for All of Us Strangers for like a split second. There's always a handful of movies that I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, it'll that'll it'll be interesting because there's some kind of names on here you're not used to seeing. You've got like obviously Cillian Murphy and Leonardo DiCaprio. Like I'm sure they'll get a lot of buzz. Um, so I really wanted to in in terms of like the movies, like I'll I'll quickly just mention the the best picture nominations here. So for the best picture for musical comedy, we've got Barbie, Poor Things, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May, December, and Air. And then for um, your dramas, 
You've got Oppenheimer, Killer of the Wait, Flower Moon. Air is in comedy? Air is in comedy, yeah. Interesting. Air had a bit of a comedic feel. To, I could I could see that. Okay. I could see that. Um, you know more than you saw it. <laughs> yeah. And then for drama, Oppenheimer, Killers, Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest. No idea what that I haven't is. heard of that one. And, and, and The Autonomy of a Fall. Um, it, what I really want to talk about, Taylor, I, yeah. I really I want to skip to this because I really want to talk about this. They have a new category this year. Oh. And it's called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. So like it, you might as well just call it fan favorite vote <laughs> audience, which is hit. what the Oscars tried to do last year and it failed miserably. So there are eight that. movies that are nominated, and the okay. movies are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, John Wick Chapter Four, Mission Impossible, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Now. And- Interesting. Well, if it's on box office alone, the Taylor Swift one's going to win. So these are like mostly the best box office movies of the year. So what is this category then? Is it the best movie out of these movies? Is it the one that achieved the most box office? Because yeah, then it just goes to the movie that statistically had it. Why not just give someone an award as opposed to nominations? I don't know. This is like your next hot, hot take, but I have a hot take too. I don't understand this category. It seems stupid. And it's decisions like this that make you look like a fool and why people can't take you seriously. I'm talking the Golden Globes, not you, Taylor. But that's, you know. <laughs> Say the name of the category again. Even the category the name, doesn't make sense. The name of the category is cinematic and box office achievement. What does that even mean? What does that even I mean? I don't know. <laughs> that's the problem. I have like, no idea. We can't. We can't just say box office achievement because people will just think we're copping out. So we'll add cinematic to it. Doesn't even make sense. Every aren't all of these words cinematic achievement? Technically, every like all these categories. Everything is a cinematic achievement. I mean, I guess there's something to be said about like um because TIFF does that, right? Like they have the audience award. Like the yes. audience gets to, I think, vote. People's choice. And like, people's, I, yeah, I get that. Choice. I'm totally on board for that. Like, but then again, it's the fall. It's the, it's this new press that is voting on this. The name is weird. It, it would be different if they did some sort of online vote. Yeah. And they're the like, okay, pictures. just, just write in the best, your favorite movie of the year. And they just gave one award without nominations to someone. Fine. Even if you want to give it a special award to Barbie or to Taylor Swift and say, here's an award for selling out or whatever. Great. That's fine too. But why would you then have a category to nominate it? It feels like you just did it so you could get the people who are involved in certain of these movies there and try to get them to watch. But but people who are big Marvel fans aren't going to suddenly watch your award ceremony because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has one random because it's not even on their radar no you know you know they're definitely trying to cop out to like oh quote-unquote like mainstream you know like the the movies people actually pay to see whether we like it or not are the movies you listed you know what i mean the blockbusters but we don't nominate blockbusters so let's create a category for the blockbusters like what? It just isn't. It just like it just seems like a cop out. I think they're. I agree with you. They're better off doing um, P 
people's choice and just like let people vote, like have an open vote. And I think the Oscars did that one year where they had a people's choice. It wasn't last year. It was probably like 10 years ago. Um, I don't know why they did away with it. Maybe not enough people voted, but I, I, yeah, it just seems so cringy to me. Like, oh, we're going to give a nod to Tom Cruise because he never, his movies never get nominated. Yeah. I don't know. It's so screams. weird. It screams, we want Tom Cruise there. We want Taylor Swift there. And we want Marvel fans to watch. But it's not, I mean, I may, maybe Taylor Swift shows up. I don't know. But she it's, will. It, Anytime. That girl loves to collect her hardware. <laughs> you think she'll go? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think she would. I think if there's a okay. chance she's going to win. And let's face it, she's going to win because that was, I guess it depends on who votes, right? But yeah, um, if we're looking at box, box office numbers, didn't she break or, um, break records too? I think Barbie still has the highest. But Yeah, Barbie, Barbie was still the highest of the year, but Taylor Swift's movie is right there. Like it's definitely in conversation. And a lot of her like industry peers are nominated in other things. Like the original song category, there's tons of more mainstream artists who are nominated, who did yeah, a variety so of stuff. So she wants her little movie award. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, it's just it's such a weird to me. It's such a weird category. It just feels like they're tacking it on. Um, it's cringy. Yeah, it, to me that it's very cringy. Um, so that's that. That's the fifth hot take that I that I want to do. But anyway, there you go. That's the Golden Globes. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it when the ceremony happens. It will be on TV. It's going to be on CBS this year instead of NBC. So That's a difference. How will Canadians watch it? I uh, probably CTV. Right, because that's who CTV has the... still picks up. Yeah, they okay. usually pick up most of the award ceremony stuff. So yeah, I would I would say that that's a relatively. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be a given. It'll be it, yeah, it'll be CTV. I'm sh- I'm sure you'll be able to uh, to get it there. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to some movie reviews. Taylor, why don't you go first and tell us what movie you watched this week? This was the long-awaited Boy and the Heron, or sorry, I should say The Boy and the Heron, by Studio Ghibli. And I apologize, I may be butchering that. I've only ever seen it written and not said. <laughs> but they're the studio that has done um, Spirited Away, mm. um, Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, Ponyo, all of, the, all of those. And if listeners remember, I think about a year ago, Dan and I did like a Studio Ghibli marathon. They're all available on Netflix. So we did like a deep cuts (laughs) and I think I had mentioned it. I didn't review anything, but I think I had mentioned it. So anyways, um, I thought I could entice Dan to go to the movies with me by seeing the new one, the boy and the heron. So this was, I think it took 10 years to make from it being announced to it being released. And I believe it's the filmmaker. And again, I apologize. I'm going to butcher this. Please don't come for me. Miyazaki. And he, again, he's the um, the director of Ponyo and, and uh, Spirit Away, he's delivery service. Um, and I think this might be his last movie. I think he's announced retirement and this is his last movie. And it's semi-autobiographical. 
Oh, so anyways, really? this this movie, um, it's quite big. It's getting a lot of buzz for people who like animation, especially Japanese animation. Um, and yeah, it's I'm not like a diehard Studio Ghibli fan. I enjoy watching those movies and um I think a lot of the time they're like very sweet, which I I like, but not all of his movies are like super sweet, like uh Princess Minoko and again I think I'm pronouncing the name of that movie wrong. Um that one's pretty dark. This one kind of falls in the middle. It has sweet moments, but it it does kind of have a dark storyline. Um right. The the main boy, this this little boy, it takes place during World War II. And about midway through the war, his mother dies in a hospital fire. And then he relocates with his father to I guess you could say like a like an estate, like a country estate, where um the father has married the boy's aunt. So the sister of the mom who has died. Does that make sense? Are you yes. following me? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. um, fantastic yeah. things happen. So if people are familiar with um, uh, Studio Ghibli, I would say they, I would almost classify them as fairy tales in it, yeah. in, a, in a way. Um, they're typically pretty fantastical. There's magic involved. And it's kind of exists in a world where all of the characters know magic is happening in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like when something fantastical happens, people aren't like, no, they normally just kind of go with it. Right. Um, and I will say that this movie kind of starts off a little bit slow. It is two hours. Um, yeah. Two hours and four minutes. So it's, it's, a, it's on the longer side for an animated feature. Um, and it starts off pretty slow. And then once the kind of the fantastical stuff starts happening, it picks up and um, it goes fairly quickly. I again, I don't, I, it's hard for me to review um, Studio Ghibli movies because I often find, and I don't know if it's just the studio or maybe like Japanese storytelling or anime, but I often find that there's like things missing in the story and I don't know if it's like cultural like if you are from Japan there are things that maybe you just like know about these fantastical elements that make sense right. it, right. am I you know what I mean like I do and I I have felt some of the movies less so but I have felt in some of the films now again what was kind of a shock to me is because I grew up watching kind of the the North America version or heavily heavily translated version of yeah, the dubs the, the of like japanese anime cartoons and stuff that right. were i think a little bit simpler like things like sailor moon and things like that yeah. that were a little bit more mainstream so diving into some things that are a little bit more fantastical out there like i was a little shocked at how wild and crazy it got without really explaining certain things so i definitely have felt that before and i've wondered too is it just a cultural thing where like, there's certain things you just know and don't have to be explained. Or on the flip side, you don't know, but the Japanese audiences are like comfortable sitting in the unknown. Whereas North American used audiences... Used to it more so, yeah. Yeah, North American audiences were spoon-fed everything. You know what I mean? Oh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that in the movie <laughs> I'm reviewing. Uh, but yeah. 
So in this one, I feel like more so than his other movies, this is just my personal, like how I personally felt. I thought that there were more gaps than his typical movie. And there were times where I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what? Okay. You just kind of have to <laughs> yeah, like, suspe- your like suspension of disbelief kind of kicks in. Um, people are are raving about this movie though. They're saying like, this is his um, magnus opus, like the, you know, crowning achievement of his career. Um you know, the animation is so beautiful. I will, I do want to say to Netflix, how come this animated fire looks more real than your CGI fire? <laughs> Take note. This is how you do fire um, when not real. Um, and uh, we did, I should know, uh, we watched the dub version. So, you know, okay, the yeah. sometimes the translations are a little bit different. I find that the dubbed versions are typically pretty strong. They often have very strong voice actors. Christian Bale was a, uh, was a voice. Um, Willem Dafoe, Florence Pugh. Um, so pretty recognizable um, voices. I heard it movie. had a like good cast. Like it had a pretty yeah. solid group. Yeah. Robert Pattinson um, is, I would say, like a pretty big supporting voice actor in this movie. You will not recognize his voice at all. He goes full, all right. full um, voice actor. Like does a voice. You know what I mean? Like that, that is not his normal voice. Um, so all in all, I would say on my way up, Dan asked, is it a see it or a a stream it? And I said, I'll decide on air. (laughs) Oh, that's one one of these. Um, it's close. eh? It's close. It's only because, um, again, like there's just certain parts in the plot where I would have liked some things explained a little bit better and I think in his other movies they do a better job of filling in those gaps while leaving things up to the imagination and I'm like okay is this is this a cultural like moment where I'm just not fully understanding the storytelling or was this kind of like lazy writing you know what I mean like I could I'm kind of on the fence I don't really know um, but all in all, I would say it's worth, it's a see it. Um, it is a more, uh, intellectual animated movie than we typically get in North America. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Mike, you will not be spoon fed yeah. this story. Um, it, you probably, you may need to watch it even a couple times to kind of pick up on everything. Um, it was beautiful. It was well, the voice acting was great. Um, the story is, you know, engrossing, um, just personally, I wish there was less question marks. It's one of those movies where I don't know, I don't, I don't do this, but I know some, some people do this. It's one of these movies where you want to go on YouTube and watch like the boy and the heron explained and you watch it for 15 minutes. I I do that. (laughs) I watched the movie. And then I watched the movie's equivalent time, like three or four hours yeah. of these breakdowns. Deconstructing the plot, about. deconstructing the imagery, yeah. deconstructing... Sometimes you just want someone else to explain some of it to you and to be like, okay, where am I confused? Where am I not? And like, to me, you are describing a see it because even if you have problems with it, if the movie is good enough for you to want to do those things, I think it's asking enough of the, of the like, right questions and like do it's making you think and it's making you process unlike the movies i'm going to talk about today but i think 
I think that to me, that's that's a good sign. It's definitely an experience and it's worth seeing in theaters, like on a big screen with other people. So that's why I'm landing on to see it. You're exactly right, Mike. It gives you enough to chew on. And it's it's a movie where I'm you could do a deep dive on the Wikipedia page. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. A, just that. And then go on YouTube and watch a couple hour-long videos explaining the, the imagery. And there's so much... Um, again, this is... I there Jap the Japan has a very rich folklore and um like a spiritual like a very rich spirituality in in that nation that I'm just not personally well acquainted with so I wouldn't be surprised if this movie draws on a lot of those themes and if that kind of stuff interests you you know like symbolism spirituality folklore I think this movie is going to be for you and you might, you might want to do a deep dive afterwards. So all that to say, I think it is a see it. I will also, um, one last thing, cause I know we're running out of time. So this is an animated movie. Studio Ghibli does do some of their movies are very easily recognizable as what I would say children's movies, like Kiki's delivery service, Ponyo. Those are movies you can show children, even spirited away. This movie and we've talked about this before, Mike, where um, movies these days, they typically, they're not as dark as they were when we were kids. You know, studios have kind of like sanitized children's movies. This movie deals with some like pretty dark themes. And I don't know if like an average child, this would be the movie for them. So I don't, I always like to let people know, like, especially when you're in I like to let people know kind of what they're getting into when they're they're watching the movie that I review, like, okay, we hear that this is an animated movie. So I'm going to take like my seven-year-old daughter to see it. I don't, I would recommend doing a little bit of research to know if this is appropriate for your child, because even though it has like fantastical and whimsical elements, it does deal with some pretty dark stuff. So I don't know if it's what you would call a children's movie. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I don't think doing a little more research is a bad thing. Yeah, so just like as a heads up, I think like a mature child could probably watch this and not be scared. Um, but there is a there is a lot of fire <laughs> in this movie, and I think it it yeah. Anyways, so I'll just leave it at that. It's a see it, but do your research if you want to bring kids to it. Okay, my movie uh, this week is Leave the World Behind. Netflix oh, movie. Was... Okay. This was not... Sorry, I just had a brain fart. This was not one of the buzzed about movies. It hasn't been nominated for awards, right? This one has not been nominated for awards. But no. it has controversy. It does because okay. apparently... Like, a lot of people are very uh, unhappy with the way it ends. Oh. And there's some other kind of... There's, there's a lot of, like, think pieces about this movie. And, right. like, this movie... It's not... Okay. Let me... Organize my thoughts here. Let's back up here. (laughs) It's fine. The movie is 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 fine. Um, It basically is post-apocalyptic. Something happens. Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke are taking their family out of the city where they live in. I think New York or kind of somewhere in that area. They want to kind of go upstate. They rent like an Airbnb kind of scenario, like rent a house for like a week kind of thing to get closer to the beach and like get you know get away from because julia roberts hates people basically 
Julia Roberts is basically, you know how there's that there's that Karen trend? Yes. That's essentially who they try to make Julia Roberts to be. Like she hates people and everything's always negative, et cetera. Um so it's basically about that that them Doesn't go. really work for her persona. She's kind of like America's sweetheart, isn't she? Yeah, and like she plays it really well. Like I'll give okay. her credit where credit's due. Like she plays unlikability really well. Like you never really know. This is one of those movies where it tr- I think it's trying to be a lot smarter than it than it actually is. Like it's trying to give you a lot of mystery and this air of not what like what's going on, what's happening, but it's it, it does kind of spoon feed it to you, and it is really obvious what's did happening. Ethan Hawke direct this? Uh, no, actually, Ethan Hawke did not direct it. He was just in it. Speaking of another um, person who takes themselves really seriously, some guy named Sam Ismail directed it. I have no idea who not that familiar. is. Um, but yeah, Julie Roberts and Ethan Hawke are the leads. They take their family out to this Airbnb. Within about a day, all their technology ends up failing. They can't get on the internet. They can't, they don't have phone access. Everything happens. And Mahershala Ali and his daughter randomly show up at the doorstep. It's actually Mahershala Ali's home. Like he's the one who rents the Airbnb. They randomly show up and it's basically, uh, what's going on type of post-apocalyptic movie where something's happening in the world, but they're all cut off from things. They have no idea what's happening. They're trying to like piece together what's going on They're You know, you, you lose, you end up not getting the news is suddenly gone and this is happening and you hear noises and things are going like, you're just, you have no sense of what's happening and they try to make it basically it's these six people, you know, the Julia Roberts, yeah. Ethan Hawke, her, her kids, Marshall Lee, his child, and there you go. It's like these six people having to deal with the situation of being here together when they don't know each other. Do we trust each other? Do we not? Et cetera. Um, and then there's like a. How would you. Yeah, like kind of. I would describe it as a post, kind of like a. Postal, like an apocalyptic thriller. Yeah. Like an M. Night Shyamalan thriller Got that's it. done pretty Hollywood y, relatively well done, like a well filmed, well shot, some interesting cinematography, slick movie. That, that has that M. Night Shyamalan feeling the whole time. What's going on? Who are these people? We slowly learn things throughout. And they do do a good job at the beginning, at least, of when Mahershala Ali shows up and, like, the reaction is, like, Julia Roberts' reaction is, like, wait, what do you mean, like, this is your place? Like, why should I believe you? Kind of mistrusting. And it's, like, is she being racist? Is she being right. overly cautious? Like, what's going on? Where's are Ethan they intruders? Yeah, like, what, what's what's her deal? They're being a little shady, too. But, like, is that just, you just, you know, is that just a personality? Like, what do you, but then Ethan Hawke's reaction is, like, typical dad. He's just like, hey, like, welcome. Like, let's all grab in. some wine and chat. Like, whatever. Like, it, and he plays that very well. Like, they play opposites really well. Like, Julia Roberts is kind of this really angry, really loud, obnoxious woman. Whereas Ethan Hawke's kind of this chill, every, every kind of dad. Where he's kind of like quiet, but goes about his work, like works a nine to five, makes enough money to not have to worry about it. Is kind of chill and fun with his kids. Is like loving to his wife, like has no real like issues or anything. And he right. plays it really well. Like Ethan Hawke plays the more likable character and he does it really well. And what this movie did really well that I liked was it moved along at a decent enough pace that you got little bits and it was interesting along the way animals were starting to behave strangely that they really are cut off from other people so you don't know what's happening when you hear noises you you get them kind of talking to each other and like trying to figure out what this is and like that's very it was very real 
it felt very real. Like this is exactly how these characters behave, where the children are behaving one way, the adults are behaving one way, and it kind of made sense. Like kids would be reacting differently than than adults would be. Uh, you get a nice Kevin Bacon cameo. He plays oh. kind of like a Make America Great Again Southern Duck guy. Uh, <laughs> and he's, uh, he, he's very good. Kevin Bacon is very good in it. And where the movie lost me was the ending. Got it. I... I didn't think the movie was clever enough to end the way it did, which was kind of in a way that's like, what happens next? We don't know. But you also kind of gave us the answers already. Like, we we know what's happening. We know what's going on. And it kind of just ended. And I felt like the ending was pretty weak. Like, I was kind of on board for this movie throughout the whole time. It would have been a see it. Like, I was giving, I was basically giving a see it where, like, is it the most interesting movie ever? No, but it kept my attention. I found it intriguing. The acting is superb across the board. I can't fault that. I What I liked about the direction, even though I've never heard of this person, is that the cinematography was at least interesting and they tried different things. It wasn't too static. You know who it reminded me of, Taylor, is like James Wan from oh, yeah. like his Conjuring movies where sometimes he'll dip the camera up and he'll go like over top the house and maybe dip around and go upside down for a minute and then like end smoothly on a character. Like he does a lot of interesting things with the camera this movie did the same thing like it tried at least it tried a bunch of different things which i liked so it made it kind of dynamic and feel the tension but then i did really feel like the ending was just kind of like oh all right and now we're done with this i guess like we're out of this world i guess and i could have used a little bit more of a dramatic interesting if you want to leave things in question fine then don't give us the reveal the whole time like you know what it kind of reminded me of in terms of m night Shyamalan movies a movie like signs where it was like so clearly aliens by the end of it but they gave you theories throughout but left it open that it could still be something else but it's like no we already know what it is but we already know it is but signs did it a lot better for the characters questioning it so right. when you get little hints throughout, you also get logical alternatives. This movie didn't do a good job of that. It was just like, yeah, this is clearly the thing that's happening. And I'm already here. Like I've caught up and I'm, I'm there. So yeah, the, the ending kind of made it a stream it for me where I just so thought the ending was only over. So the think pieces are just like trying to de- dissect. Yes. The- dissect a movie that is, that is two plus two equals four. <laughs> So there's a lot of think pieces about it. And there's a lot of things I was reading. And I'm like, I, this is movies, not that smart. Now again, yeah. Like, again, I see a lot of movies. So I understand that like some people don't. So maybe to someone who doesn't see a lot of movies throughout the year, if all you've seen is mission impossible and gardens of the galaxy, and then you go see this, you, you would probably come out being like, wow, that's like a really thinky movie, but it really isn't. It's so simple. It's, it lays out for you exactly what happened, that it's almost a little bit of a disappointment that it was that straightforward, that it wasn't... I, I think of a movie like The Cabin, The Knock at the Cabin Door, whatever that was, or Cabin in the Woods, whatever that M. Night Shyamalan movie, that also had a simple ending, but did a better job of giving you like character moments and keeping your attention. And like I, I like that movie slightly better. Um, but anyway, to me, this movie's a stream it. I thought it could have just ended... A little bit better but if you're interested in a movie that does give you a little bit of that horror kind of movie but without scares a little bit more tension m night Shyamalan feel this movie's for you um so anyway i give leave the well behind a stream it that's it for this week um next week's our big christmas special 
So we we'll have nothing planned to decide what movie I'm going to review. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yes. See, you'll hear from all of us next week for Christmas episode. Go see some movies. <laughs>